Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those too, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, sisters. Welcome to She Talks. I'm Sarah Von Stover, a teacher of feminine spirituality and empowerment, best-selling author, and founder of The Way of the Happy Woman. And my aim in everything I share is to create a more loving, harmonious world by guiding women home to their inner wisdom. You see, I believe that when a woman is connected with that still, quiet voice of her wise woman within, which I call her she, she's then able to have a more grounded, trusting, and joyful relationship with all of life. And I felt inspired to create this podcast in particular because one of my favorite ways of aligning with the sacred is to listen to Dharma talks or wisdom teachings from the Buddhist tradition. Over the years, though, I've felt really frustrated that a feminine voice and perspective are distinctly missing from these. I've longed to hear wisdom talks on, say, PMS, or navigating the ups and downs of intimate relationship, or staying connected to one's sensuality amidst the busyness of the daily grind, to self-esteem, motherhood, and all those issues that so press on our hearts as women. And since I couldn't find these talks anywhere, I realized I would need to be the one to create them. 
So blending yoga, Buddhism, feminine spirituality, and the nitty gritty of our daily lives as modern women, she talks our heartfelt teachings that offer a fresh, provocative, and inspiring perspective on how to overcome our biggest struggles in life. And throughout the month of January, I am offering a special series of seasonal talks here on the podcast called Bubble Bath Wisdom. Why bubble bath wisdom, you ask? Well, a warm, sensual bubble bath is one of my all-time favorite self-care rituals, especially during the cold, dark winter months where I live here in Boulder, Colorado. Along the feminine spiritual path, rituals like these aren't luxuries, they're necessities. They're sacred ways to return to stillness, to center ourselves in our bodies, to replenish our reserves, and to practice loving kindness and compassion. Now, I've worked with enough women over the years to know how easy it is to let bubble baths, meditation slip to the bottom of our overflowing to-do lists. And that's why I've created this series. Bubble Bath Wisdom is my gift to you to help you make self-care a way of life in this new year. So for 15 to 20 minutes or the length of one delicious bubble bath, I'll share a clip of a talk I gave at one of my recent retreats. At the end of each clip, I'll also share a guided practice to help you embody those teachings. Now, those practices are not meant to be done in the bath, by the way. Each of these shines a light on an aspect of our feminine spiritual path, from relationships, all the way to some taboo topics like our menstrual cycles and our shadows. These talks also offer a taste, hopefully a nourishing and delicious one, of the teachings that I'll offer in the She School, my nine-month spiritual practice community for women, which is only open for registration once a year in this month of January. Now, the She School provides the mentorship and monthly retreats you need to place self-care, spiritual practice, and your soul's calling as the foundation of your everyday life in 2016. So now, draw yourself a bath or shift into your favorite self-care mode, settle in, light a candle, and exhale. Welcome home. So these teachings are going to allow us to create this bridge in a really practical way between our professional, worldly, know how to get it done, do it well selves, and this more receptive, devotional, intuitive parts of our womanhood. Our cycles are the bridge to that. Our cycles are the bridge between our humanity and our divinity, between our rational self and our deeper felt sense of self. And they're always here. They're always asking for us to partner with them. That's it's a real blessing that we have as women. That's why this is reversing our curse, because we, we have it all backwards. 
actually our cycles are constant reminders calling us home, calling us home month after month after month throughout our entire lives. Reminding us to go deeper, to listen more closely, to love more fully, and then to bring that out into the world in a really practical way that engages other people and creates beautiful things and does great service to the world, to our families, to our communities. The other day I was speaking on the phone with one of my good girlfriends and we were talking because she has been experiencing a lot of depression recently, something that we can all relate to in some degree or another. And she said that she had started working with a life coach to kind of help her see through this part of her life, to, to kind of get out of the darkness and to see what's there for her to learn. And this coach asked her to first fill out a questionnaire rating from one to 10 different areas of her life, one being really low and kind of dried up and just devoid of, of a lot of life. And number 10 is feeling really, really full and really, really rich. So she asked her, um, you know, how's the self-care? And my friend rated her self-care nine, that she's eating well, she's sleeping well, she's exercising a lot, she's doing her yoga and meditation practice. All of that was really thriving. And then spirit, she asked her, how, how are you doing with your spirit? <clears throat> she rated that a three, feeling really disconnected from the light in her heart, her love for life, her enthusiasm to fuel everything from this, this deeper sense of connection with the source of it all. So this is where many of us are. My friend is not alone in this. This is kind of the collective malaise that we're all in is maybe we're really good at self-care. We're really good at checking things off our lists, but we're not so good at rooting that into that deeper light in our hearts that just can shine through even on days when we don't sleep well or things aren't going our way. We're just, we're, we're, we're lit up by a cosmic connection, a devotional connection to our source. So this is another bridge that our cycles helps us to cross, this bridge between the practicalities of taking care of ourselves as busy women, we are all busy women in our own ways, and this deeper prayerful connection to what it's all about, why we're here, why we're even bothering. If we don't make this connection, we're not really living, we're not really tasting who we are and sharing the fullness of who we are with other people. So my invitation and also my warning is that you don't take on the teachings here as more of these self-care shoulds. 
It's not more of this kind of top down, taking this and bringing it down and controlling. But it's more, it's this dropping down and opening to a rhythm that's already here. It's already living us. And participating with it. So we don't need to make any of this happen. We need to let go of the tight control structures that are making us ignore what's already happening, keeping us moving forward on this super highway of cognition. And that's not to say we don't need that. So this is about integration. Integration. So we're really good at this and we're not so good at this. So this time together is to help strengthen our connection with this, this flow. So the first area where we want to look in our exploration of this is the kind of blueprint for our path of becoming our journey to empowerment as women, to psychological wholeness, not perfection, psychological wholeness, where we can embrace all aspects of ourselves, both the tiresome aspects, the annoying aspects, the more immature aspects where we, we keep running into problems, maybe not managing our finances correctly or getting our relationships wrong and the more evolved aspects that are really shining and really rocking their thing in the world we, wholeness is embracing all of these and our spiritual freedom our ability to really live from the depths of ourselves that is beyond our habituated, conditioned self that we learn from our parents, our society, and keeps us locked into this really small, narrow frame of personality and who we think we are. So this map to empowerment, both psychologically and spiritually, is called the heroine's journey. And many of us are probably familiar with Joseph Campbell's monomyth that he discovered in the mid-1900s called the hero's journey. This was a narrative that he found across all cultures, across all times and faiths of a man's journey to becoming, of coming into this fuller sense of self and really being able to serve the world from that place. And we see this hero's journey in pop culture all over the place. It's in definitely in Star Wars and The Wizard of Oz and The Matrix and also in more mythic stories of Jesus and the Buddha. 
And this can also certainly be applied to women, this hero's journey. However, it was not intended to be. Joseph Campbell even said, women don't need to take this journey because they're already there. They're already in the state of being that men need to strive to reach. And he was writing and teaching in a time where in the U.S. a lot of women were housewives. They weren't out in the world needing to really find their voice and share their voice in the way that women in this time are. So we're living in a time where we all know we're here, we're being called, that there's a waking up of the sacred feminine across the world. And as part of this, more and more women are rising up into power than ever before, becoming breadwinners for their family, earning more higher education degrees than than their male counterparts. And so with these shifts, we need to shift our own perspective about what it is to come into our full glory in the world and to be really true to ourselves in the process. So this is why we need the heroine's journey because we, we all know, we've all tried to come into our strength by being pseudo-men. How is that working out for us? Not so great. You know, the era of women dressing like men and going to the office or giving a public talk is coming to an end. It's exciting. We're in a time when women can really step into the spotlight more and more as women, bringing these aspects of the cognition and the full, loving, sensual aspects of our nature as well as part of our strength, as part of, as part of our gift. And our cycles, our bodies are the key to this. They're the conduit for this. Our heroine's journeys are in our bodies. The script is already written into our DNA. You don't need to take it from the outside and impose it. It's living inside of us. We're breathing it. We're bleeding it. We're feeling it through all the different complexities of our hormones that are just constantly guiding us and coloring our reality. So let's partner with this. Let's partner with this journey that's transpiring, this journey that's asking to be partnered with, that wants to be lived through you, by you. So within each of us, every month, there's a chance to go through the heroine's journey in a little micro way. And the heroine's journey is a call. It's, it's a disruption. It starts with a disruption, maybe a crisis or something that's really not working out the way that we thought. And on a monthly basis, that can just be a little, a little thing, maybe a project you have been working on or a direction you thought their relationship was going to go in 
or even just a conversation that doesn't feel right. It feels like a, like a violation. It feels like a no to what feels true and right to you. And from there, we move downwards, which is a descent into the underworld, into letting go of parts of ourselves that we've outgrown, parts of ourselves that have been so heavily uh, conditioned, maybe that we just took on from one of our parents or that we learned from one of our teachers and isn't really true to ourselves. And in the underworld, we see that and we release it. And then we emerge back into the light and we have fresh energy from this letting go to create something new that month, whether it's to decide to cook more and get a new cookbook and try out new recipes in the evenings or to take a new class, to write a poem. So it's this connection to the creative process that helps to bridge this with this, the conceptual with the deeper prayerful longing. And without that creative cycle, without that creative expression, we quickly feel unhappy. Like my friend that I was speaking to, we quickly fall into depression. We quickly stay just in the loop of self-care without really feeling the reason why we're, why we're really taking care of ourselves, that our, our body is a chalice for, for spirit, for the divine. And it's our sacred duty to, to care for both. I don't know about you, but I always feel so much freer after I give voice to taboo topics like this. Painful periods, PMS, the emotional roller coaster of perimenopause, not to mention the bewildering body and identity shifts of postmenopause. Across the board, our cycles cause us so much suffering, most of which remain shrouded in silence, secrecy, and shame. This is definitely something I've struggled with a lot in my life, and it's one of the key things that led me to do this work in the first place. Openly speaking about the challenges I've had with my cycles, from cervical dysplasia to ovarian cysts, to irregular cycles because of my eating disorders, to bouts of anger with my PMS, has helped me to see just how many other women struggle with their cycles too. I realized most of us haven't been accurately taught the immense, transformative feminine power that remains largely untapped within our cycles. So this talk that you just heard was one that I gave during the first retreat of reversing our curse. This is an online immersion with yoga, meditation, and lifestyle rituals for your cycles from menses all the way to menopause. With several hundred women who've already undergone this reversing our curse initiation, it's by far and away one of my most beloved offerings. Again and again, the response reflects how hungry we all are for this more enlightened view of our feminine rhythms. 
And until now, these teachings have only been available to the students in that particular program. But this year, the entire curriculum from Reversing Our Curse, which I freshly updated and taught live for the last time last August, is now included in the She School. It's included in our July module, which is called Unlocking the Magic in Your She Cycles. So all of that is really, really great, but truthfully, one of the best parts of the She School is that we have a private online forum. It's a sacred sanctuary, a safe space for each woman to share her stories, from triumph to heartbreak, to shame to curiosity. It's a place to be witnessed and celebrated, supported by our really wise sisterhood along with our two course assistants, both of whom who have been studying with me for years and whom I've rigorously trained and certified to teach the Way the Happy Woman Method. And of course, you'll be mentored and supported by me every step of the way. But now I want to give you a little practice, a taste of some of the practical on the ground exercises I'll lead during our She School retreats. And this particular practice is a staple for all of my retreats, actually. I included it in my first book, The Way the Happy Woman, and updated it in my most recent book, The Book of She. It's called The Four-Part Check-In. Now, you're also welcome to refer to the written instructions in The Book of She, if that's helpful. You'll need your journal and something to write with, or you can just use a regular piece of paper if that's what's most handy. And I led this practice in a live weekend retreat last spring at the Shambhala Mountain Center, a Buddhist retreat space here in Colorado. It's a simple morning ritual to safeguard your sanity and creativity as you ride the often very tumultuous waves of your hormonal cycles every day. So try it out and let me know what you think. Take out your journal. So one of the first ways that we're going to start to create some distance between the observer and us, the awareness, and the phenomenon, the stimuli that are arising within our awareness is through something that I like to call a four-part check-in. Where we just check in with the different layers of ourselves. See what's here. See what's happening today. Because we can live a day skillfully when we know what's going on with us. When we don't override our inner landscape and impose an agenda that might be harmful to what's arising today. But we do the four-part check-in in order to discover what would bring me harmony and balance today? How can I be a good friend to myself today? How can I mother myself today? So whether or not we're biological mothers, as women, we're innate nurturers. We're always taking care of other people. But first and foremost, we need to wake up in the morning and take care of ourselves first. And we take care of ourselves by checking in with our inner landscape 
and then composing our day according to the needs that we discover in that inner landscape. So the first layer that we're going to explore is your body. So write down in your journal, my body. And then take a moment, close your eyes, and drop your attention from your head down into your body. Down into your belly, into your heart. And ask, what is present here now? What is happening in my body? And then write down in your journal what you discover. What, what is here in your body? And write down as many things as are true without going into a story about them. Just like a scientist recording some lab notes, just write down what is here now. What is, what is true about your body? Might be chronic things that you're working with, with an injury or an illness. Might be something acute from something that you ate or how you slept last night. The next layer, peeling, you know, like those Russian dolls, we're getting into the smaller doll now, is your emotions. So write down on your page emotions. <coughs> and what emotions are present now? emotions have been present since you woke up this morning. And consider instead of scanning back through time with your mind, just feel into your heart, the seat of your emotional body, and notice what's there. By touching your heart with your feeling awareness. 
oftentimes we can feel many things at once and our emotions can be paradoxical. We could be feeling content and be feeling sad, frustrated. We could feel excited and we can feel scared. This is the equivalent of a mother waking up and looking at her child. And if you don't have a child, just think about someone who's close to you. You can look at them and you can know how they're doing. You can feel it. You can see it in their face and their eyes and how they're holding themselves. So we're doing this, we're doing this for ourselves first thing in the morning. How am I doing? The next layer is the mind. And as perhaps you've explored since we started our meditations, is that our mind is usually in the forefront, running the show. We're often aware of our, of our mental commentary. So what is arising in the mind? What are the main thoughts that you have had since you woke up this morning? Sessions, worries, fantasies. Thoughts usually travel in repeating loops. And I ask that during this exercise you keep your eyes open and you participate. Stay present in the group. So the question is with mind, is it the quality of mind or the content? And you can do both. Yeah, so is the mind really busy? Is it sleepy? Does it feel sharp and focused? And then the content. So again, we're drawing that separation. See, we're not our mind. We're not our emotions. We're not our body. These are dimensions of us through which we experience life. But they are not us. There's a part of us that can observe them. Can be the witness to them. And then the last layer is the that innermost, the little teeny tiny doll, when you open up those sheaths of dolls, the little one, and it's the most hidden, the most secretive, the most precious one, the quietest one. It's the one 
from whom we want to live our lives and follow, we want to follow her guidance. So this is the voice of your inner wisdom. You could also call it your intuition or your inner wise woman. Another term would be your soul, that eternal part of yourself. And here in the tradition of the way of the happy woman, we call it your she, the capital S, your she, your feminine soul. So pause and ask, what, ask your she, what do I need to know right now? And if you draw a blank, you can ask a different question. You could ask, what would bring me harmony and balance today? And here we follow the motto, first thought is best thought. First thing that bubbles up is that intuitive guidance. Second thing that bubbles up is usually your mind. So what happens when we start to bring more awareness to these different layers of ourselves is that innermost voice of our inner wisdom that we need to serve as a compass for our lives starts to become more clear. It's less muddled because we're not being driven by all of these kind of unconscious needs of our bodies and our minds and our emotions, but we're, we're looking at those head-on. So it's the same thing as looking at a toddler and saying, oh, I see you're hungry. Oh, I see that you, that you stubbed your toe and you need a Band-Aid. And you address it. Rather than having them tug on your pants, saying, I need your attention, I need your attention. And you ignoring that and then not being able to be present because you have this toddler having a tantrum. So the next step after recognizing the needs, how many of you have had the experience where you know what you need, but you don't give it to yourself? You know that you're thirsty, but you don't drink a glass of water. You know that you have to go to the bathroom, but you just hold it until you're really uncomfortable. Or you know that you're in the wrong relationship, but you're not leaving. Or you know that you're in the wrong job, or you're not doing anything to change it. You know you need to change your diet, but you don't do it. This is abuse. This is self-abuse. 
And we're not going to abuse ourselves for abusing ourselves, judge ourselves for that. We're going to recognize it and just slowly start doing things a little bit differently. So we'll go back to number one in this check-in, your body, and look at what you wrote there about how your body is doing today. Look at what you see there. And then say, okay, so given what's here in my body, what does my body need from me today? And write down the answer. So it needs to be practical. It needs to be feasible. It needs to be something that you can actually do here today for your body. Given how your body's feeling, what does it need from you? Write down what it needs and your commitment to give it that need, to meet that need. And then your emotions. So look at what emotions are present. Emotions are messengers. They're not our enemies. They're delivering sacred messages, important information to help us live our lives skillfully and wholeheartedly. So maybe our anger is telling us that a boundary has been crossed, a rule has been broken, and we need to speak up about it. Sadness is telling us we need to let go of something. Anxiety is telling us, oh, there's fear about the future, and maybe I'm not doing something that I need to do to prepare me to meet that future situation. Maybe I'm procrastinating about something, not addressing something to help relieve this tension about a future circumstance. Grief is here for us to slow down and step back and digest a loss without moving forward prematurely. Grief is asking us to pause and and respect what has been lost. And contentment tells us when we've, we've done a good job, when we're in alignment, So look at the list of emotions and see, okay, so given the emotions that are here, what do I need to do to honor these messengers today? It 
doesn't need to be anything big and profound, but it's just like a child is sad, so you give it a hug, you hold it. And then your mind, so looking at the quality and content of your mind, and then seeing what what is the need here. Is there a need to tell myself we're going to leave that in the suitcase and not, not, not focus on it here, or that you're going to journal about it? Maybe you need some more concentration and meditation. Or mindfulness when you're eating. What what does the mind need to be relaxed and alert today? Just like me with the ants, we, we can respond skillfully when we're relaxed and alert. If we're too alert, then there's too much nervousness, there's too much tension, too much hypervigilance. If we're too relaxed, we're just too sleepy and dull and lethargic, unmotivated, fade into the background, withdraw. And the last one, your she. So see what her message is. How many times a day do we override our intuition? Don't do that today. See what she is communicating and then declare something in your journal that you can do to honor her communication and commit commit to doing it today. Now we're going to take it a little deeper in our journal. 
and we'll move into something called morning pages. This is a practice that some of you might be familiar with, which is used by a woman named Julia Cameron, who wrote a book called The Artist's Way. And her recommendation is that at the start of every day, we write in our journals three pages of stream of consciousness writing, where we just don't let our pen or pencil stop moving. We don't censor ourselves. We don't try to write anything brilliant or profound. It's like a brain dump, a heart dump. And what this allows us to do is just get stuff out of us so they don't stay circulating in our minds and in our hearts, creating toxicity, these loops of trying to figure it out and trying to understand it, but we just get it out. And then something magical starts to happen. That intuitive voice starts to come through the pen. We don't look for it. We don't try to make it happen. But it just starts to happen. So this is for anyone. You don't need to be a writer by any means. And it's very much, it's a meditation. It's a meditation. Just letting the pen move, recording what's here. Okay, so you can make yourself comfortable. You can lean against the wall. You can lay on your mat. When you hear the bell ring, we will finish the writing practice. If you enjoyed this talk, I and the women you love would be ever so grateful if you shared it with them through an email or social media post, or better yet, if you wrote a review for this podcast on iTunes to help other women find it in the future. And if you're curious about how to live these teachings in your daily life, come on over and explore The She School at theshe-school.com. And you can explore all the details. You'll see our in-depth nine-month curriculum, how we structure the course through group mentoring calls and monthly yoga and meditation video retreats, there's also an extensive FAQ to cover all of your most pressing questions. But best of all, you'll see the bright, beautiful women who make up our global sisterhood. The two certified teachers who helped me run the program and the stories and voices from our alumni whose lives have been transformed by the She School. Remember, registration is only open once a year and our nine month journey begins on February 1st. It would be an honor to hold your hand and shine the light on your path in the year ahead. You can join us at theshe-school.com. I'll be back again in a few days with our next talk. And until then, I'm sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood. <laughs>